153rd edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Witcher, and we are recording this on the Wednesday evening between the visit to Stamford Bridge, which I'm certain we will touch upon at some point in the next 15 minutes or so, and the home match against Hull next Saturday at lunchtime. As ever, we start with panel introductions. After a year's absence from the panel, we're lucky to have him two months in a row. I've lost track of the Southern Trains rail strike, but if it's still going, then fair play to him for making it along this evening. A long-running Guna columnist known as the Highbury Spy, it's a warm welcome to Mr. Steve Ashford. The strike is off. Oh. I'm here again. <laughs> is it off permanently? Well, the RMT is still kind of like a bit unhappy, but has left. Right. They were the main strikers, mm. causing all the grief. Mm. Apparently they've settled. Well, Thanks, Steve. Now the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good to know. Uh, next, the last time he was on the podcast, we played musical chairs, and he hosted whilst yours truly had a go giving opinions on the other side of the table. But back where he can express himself fully and recently returned from a romantic break in Puerto Rico, <laughs> living the good life, it's the guest I refer to as the illustrated man, because of the lyrics tattooed on his arm. <laughs> Good evening to Mr. David Udo. Evening all. And last, but by no means least, my thanks to this occasional guest panellist for filling in at short notice to ensure we have a quorum of three giving their views this evening. We are fortunate that he was in town anyway to attend a farewell drink for a work colleague, an appointment I shall personally be chauffeuring him to as soon as we hit the stop button on the dictaphone this evening. It's the next. What, use your finger. <laughs> it's the next but one, Martin Samuel. Although he had to pair, <laughs> he had to pair back his individuality to land a job as a journo in the first instance. It's a pleasure to say hello to the king of the requested retweet, Mr. Leith Yusuf. <laughs> okay, so I think um, I mean I will just run through the games we've had since we last convened for a podcast. And uh, at first, you think, yeah, okay. Swansea, a 4-1... Was it 4-1 win away? Or was, was it 1 or 0? 4-0 it might have been. Yeah, it was 4-0. Burnley, a 2-1 victory uh, with drama at the end. Mm. Uh, Southampton in the FA Cup, 5-0. So far, so good. We're on for a really feel-good podcast here. And then, Watford at home, a 2-1 defeat. Chelsea away, another defeat, 3-1. Um... Let's let's start with the the Chelsea game because you know that's dominating everybody's thoughts at the moment. Uh, my question is: Do Chelsea simply have better players than Arsenal, or is their twelve point lead over the Gunners due to something else? Who wants to go first? I'm going to jump in because um, a point I've raised with my my father a few times recently is: I think on paper we've got a very very good squad, a very very good squad. But they have to follow the instructions from their line manager, as we all have to do in our workplaces. And I don't know about you guys, I had this experience in, in, in previous roles where you go into a meeting and your, your manager shouts your orders and you're like, yes, Gaffer, yes, going to do it straight away, of course I will. Then you walk out and all you're saying under your breath is, he hasn't got a fucking clue. Um, I think we've got a very, very good squad. Um, on paper, equal, if not better than, in certain positions uh, than, the, than the Chelsea squad. But... They are performing the instructions given to them by their line manager, and that's the big fault, as far as I'm concerned. We've got, we've got a very good squad. Mm, I agree, I agree. I mean, <clears throat> someone asked me that the other day in, in a pub discussion similar to this. Um, Steve, which Chelsea players would you have in Arsenal? Which, which, which players would you swap for ours? And there wasn't many that I would swap. You know, I, mean, I probably wouldn't swap Sanchez for <coughs> um, um, Costa. I would I'd probably swap Hazard for Walcott. Probably wouldn't swap too many of their midfielders. Yeah, I'd have four as good as theirs. Yeah, I'd have Kante. I'd swap Kante for Cochlear. Um, the thing is, though, that, 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 that's looking at players. Um, 
the way that they played for Chelsea. I mean, yeah. I've never seen Matic play for uh, Slovenia. I've never, I've never seen Kante in one of his three French caps. You know, yeah. it's not. I want the the Chelsea Kante. But he comes to Arsenal, plays the Arsenal way. <clears throat> Is Matic more a more skilled, talented player than Zaka? I don't think so. He's probably better coached and, and plays in his correct position. But I think, as, as David rightly says, if we had a manager that coached our team, told them what to play, um, told them to play to a system, told them how to actually win tough games and show some bottle, then we'd be at least as good as Chelsea. Leif, I mean, as, as a paid-up journalist who speaks to other journalists, is this idea that... Arson doesn't coach anything much a bit of an illusion or is it a reality? I wouldn't say it's an illusion, I wouldn't say it's just journalists who, who think that either he's just, he's so set in his ways you know, he's got the formulaic substitutions he's, he's got a certain way of playing, he doesn't particularly look at the opposition in terms of tactics ahead of playing them there's a lot of other things as well but going back to the original question it's a good squad, I don't think it's a great squad and it's certainly nowhere near the squads we've had in the past that have won league titles. And whose fault's that? I don't know. Is, 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 it, is it Wenger? You, know, you have to say that he's the manager, the buck stops with him. But no one, is a, you know, as a team, as a player, as a manager, as an assistant manager in Steve Bowl, sets out to concede two goals in 15 minutes against Watford that effectively ended our supposed league title championship chances, which, to be honest, were never there anyway, really, after the defeat at Everton and Man City. But... You know, what is it? Is it a psychological weakness? I, I just don't... I'm really trying to analyse it. Why do they always go out unmotivated? Every first yeah. half, it's the same. Yeah. I mean, it takes us 45 minutes to realise that we're in a match. And against Bournemouth, we were 3-0 down. Against Burnley, um, we were still 0-0 and struggling. Against Palace, we, we were lucky to get that wonder goal. Against West Brom, yeah. we scored in the last minute. Um, against Watford, we were 2 down. And against Chelsea, we were 2 down as well. Yeah. Um, we would, we're just never set up to go out there and, and, and play as we should. Yeah. And against Watford last week, when, when Kabul got that free kick, um, after seven minutes or whatever it was, I mean, I'm sitting there, looking, I'm sitting there thinking, where's the wall? Where's the wall? Mm -hmm. He's got a free shot goal. I mean, players that are going for the title, whether they're coached or not, they should know to get a wall there, or at least three men in front of the ball. Yeah. I think it was criminal the way he was just allowed a free shot. So, and then everyone goes, oh, Ramsey turned his back on it. Well, the, the, the only bloke in the way. The very pertinent point you raised was um, it's it's how we go out. I mean, um, an interview I'll always remember. It was it was from a, well, most players below Arsenal uh, around about two thousand four, two thousand five. And then though earlier in the century than that, where I was saying you're in the tunnel at Highbury before the game, and you know, you know, half an inch away from you, you've got the likes of Vieira and Gilberto and Bergkamp and Henri, and they're all laughing, joking, thinking, should we call it three or four? And they're all laughing, and joking. And you're the opponent thinking, if we, we can get a two nil defeat, I'll fucking take that. Whereas now it's complete silence. I mean, a couple of years ago before the game, you had that um, that make believe video of them all in the uh, in the tunnel, likes of Walcott and Sanchez. Yeah, come on, guys, let's do this. I can't do that anymore because under Ofcom regulations that'd be misleading the viewers because they stand in complete silence shitting themselves turn around at the big boys they're playing against yeah. well I've yeah. got a theory that this slow start business is because the players aren't motivated aren't motivated by Wenger I think he's lost the dressing room because he only said he picked the wrong team because um, only said yeah, yeah well, well that came out when that was a mistranslation well, I don't know. The, the club would say that um, <laughs> Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain like to tweet from Arsenal fan TV Wenger should go um, I really believe that he's lost the dressing room. If we had a new manager tomorrow, or, or Wenger announced he was leaving tomorrow, the players would be so much more motivated, it's untrue. Well, um, I think they're fed up with losing big games. Well, I don't know, I think they go home for 140,000 reasons a week to <laughs> kind of bathe in glory. I'm going to bring in an email from one of our listeners here. Uh, Joe Galliardi, who, who regularly... Uh, poses the question. It's, it's, it's a bit of a, a statement in a way, but I'll read it in full. In the early successful Wenger years, there were always a group of veterans who could motivate themselves. Over the last decade, we've had a shortage of those type of players. Few players who show any grit. Is this a problem only at Arsenal, or is it a more systematic, systemic sorry, problem through all of football and all society? Brackets at our business. If we hire ten millennial workers, less than half will be self-motivated. 
Do you know what? Can I jump in now? You can. I, I think that if you look at all the other teams, look at Chelsea's team, for instance, top of the table, 12 points clear. How many leaders have they got when John Terry's not on the pitch? Mm. They haven't got any more leaders than we have. Mm. Their manager is a leader. Mm. Look at City. I don't see too many leaders there. They've even got ex-Arsenal bottlers in that team. <laughs> but they're led from, from the bench, you know, from the, from the management. Um, virtually every team is the same. There's very few... Players like John Terry, Tony Adams, Sol Campbell, people so the leader, really used to lead. The leader is an outdated idea. I think so, personally, yeah. I mean, one of the points I'll always remember, um, just after Wenger took over, actually, the first full season, 97-98, I won't forget this, it was um, November, we lost 3-1 at home to Blackburn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was so long ago, Tim Sherwood scored one of the goals, you know, chipping, well, chipping it over Seaman's, yeah. Seaman's head. Um, and the story, well, I say the story, I mean, the tale that is true is that um, Wenger got back to the dressing room and Tony Adams turned around and said, give us ten minutes. Manager stood outside. Adams gave everyone a complete, well, a, a Tony Adams in, uh, inspirational um, chat and we didn't lose a game for the rest of the season, won the double. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now, um, we've got, our only captain is our official club captain, which means he's crippled and will never play again, Mertesacker. He's yeah. the only motivating guy we've got, but he's, that's like the tallest man in China. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's, he's yeah. best of a bad bunch. But who leads Tottenham? Tottenham haven't got any leaders, and they certainly haven't got any more leaders than we have. They've yeah. just got a manager that tells them what to do. Yeah, You're absolutely right about that Blackburn yeah. game in December 97. That was a real pivotal moment there. And it was the players who pulled the team together. Absolutely. So they had that meeting, they basically, Wenger wasn't there, they kicked him out or just didn't invite him. Yeah. They pulled it together, and we went on a massive run after that, obviously. Did it go? Yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was interesting I went, when I went to London Colney the other week. Um, interviewed uh, a couple of Arsenal players including Rob Holding and I actually asked him you know does, does Steve Bold as obviously as, you know, both mm. arse, does Steve Bold ever talk about Tony Adams and he, he looked at me he obviously knew who Tony Adams was but that was it there was no other recognition well there. he didn't know who Steve Bold was <laughs> <laughs> well that as well but I would have thought someone like Steve Bold would have gone this is what me and Tony Adams used to do this is what Tony and Martin Keown used to do and it was just it, it, I mean to be fair Rob Holding was very complimentary about Steve Bold and the club, but you'd expect him to be, and it does seem like he's learning stuff. Like yeah. But at the same time, it didn't seem like there was a nod to the heritage there and the history of, of battling Arsenal players who've shown real grit, like Tony Adams, which is the players like we absolutely need at the moment. Yeah. Place, Arsenal as a club essentially died in 2006 with with Highbury, and now we're a global brand. You know, yeah, same yeah. as the Boston Red Sox, <laughs> you know, or the New York Knicks, or something like that. You know, or, we don't move to California. Well, uh, are we to Australia this summer? <laughs> no, just get more money. And do you know what? We probably won't be alive to see it, but there will come a day where all the Premier League teams will spend a season in Japan and a season in Indonesia, a season in. They Malaysia, tried to do that about four years ago, in introducing a 39th that, game yeah. of the season. That, that, was, uh, yeah. that was the thing that was wrong with it. 39, the 39th game. If yeah. they had said, right, one of your games. Out of your 38 had to be abroad. Yeah. I think they might have worked a bit better. I don't agree with it. I've got to say, I don't agree with it. Unless it was our Stoke away game. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, that, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, reckon, <laughs> I reckon the way it is now, you know, where the, you play 38, sorry, sorry, not 38, 19 games in your home stadium mm. in front of the same fans by and large, week in, week out, in 100 years' time, that will seem as outdated as the pictures we now see of, of Manor, Manor Park in Woolwich. Um, from 120 years ago. Well, technology will probably be such that yeah. you will be able to watch something on what is the equivalent of a television yeah. and feel like it actually yeah. there. Oh, you'll still be like you're, you're there. Yeah, completely yeah. surrounded yeah. you. It's going all HG Wells now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me, that will happen. We won't be around. Well, no, no. Um, so, I mean, uh, I'm now going to bring in another uh, a tweet actually from Paul Hammond. Um, now, his simple question is what's the split on the Wenger? out um, in terms of is Wenger out now the majority opinion of Arsenal supporters um, and my I mean let's start with that do you believe now the majority of Arsenal fans whatever they are, whether they go to the stadium or not would prefer a new manager yes or no? I've got to say I mean, you touched on Bournemouth away, I covered that for the Islington Gazette um, 3-0 down you know you, I was looking at the away fans opposite the press box basically and they're the loyalists to the loyal it's not they make any bones about it. They go to every game. They'll travel abroad. They spend every penny on following Arsenal. For me, they, they deserve more respect than anyone, basically, because they put their money where their mouth is. And at 3-0 down, they were, I wouldn't say mutinous, but there was a lot of chanting that I was just about to tweet about before we scored our first, ironically, um, that was basically anti-Venger. And that was the first time. There was, there was chance at Leicester start of the season, the 0-0. 
Um, and that, that was it, really, in, in terms of stuff I picked up on. Because I was have a look at Wayfinder from Pressbox, because I've been one myself, and you know, I, I still I still go go to the game, and I've still got the season ticket. But that was the first time at Bournemouth I thought, blimey, they're, they're properly turning against him. Obviously, you know, we pulled it back to 3 all, and your point as well. I mean, people were saying, yeah, it was a great comeback, but should we have been 3 0 down in the first yeah, one? No, exactly. I mean, Bournemouth played really well, and I, I made a point of writing about Eddie Howe being a potential future Arsenal manager in one of my columns that he is in the Gazette, but we shouldn't have been 3 0 down against. Bournemouth, no, basically. No. We're Arsenal, we're the Arsenal. We shouldn't, you know, football, you, anyone can beat anyone, basically, but if you want to win the league, you should never be 3 0 down to Bournemouth. No, no, absolutely. For all they no. play well and have got a progressive manager. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, I think, I mean, you, you've obviously been <coughs> Wenger for years. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never been Wenger's greatest fan. No. I'm always prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt, <coughs> but I think now I've reached my watershed has come now. Um, 22 games against other teams in the top five, and we've only won two of them away from home in the last five years. It's disgraceful. Um, but let's but, go but, in. But, 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 but fans that want Wenger out, I think in the stadium, because it's all full of tourists yeah. and once a season people that just want to watch Arsenal, they're not no, but there are, there are regulars. <laughs> and and, and the, the point I'm making you, to you is this. Okay? Mm. Mm. You and I have both been in that stadium and in different ways protested about the team and mm. the manager. Okay? And we've had people come up to us and give us dog's abuse. And these, some of these people are regulars. Mm. So my, my thought is, in terms of the people who do go regularly, mm. and there must be quite a lot amongst the season ticket holders, inside the stadium, do you think there are enough people who are unhappy to actually turn the atmosphere mutinous at a home match? The reputation of the people that actually go to matches, um, the, the real Wenger out fan call them sheep because they don't realise what's going on after them. And just because you go to a game doesn't make you a real supporter. I mean, if you look at the internet and the web, I know social media, I know people face, say, can't believe all you read on there, but there are fans in Indonesia, Canada, California, Greece, Mauritius, all screaming for Wenger to go. And I would say that they're probably more proper Arsenal fans than the ones that actually go to the stadium. Well, and you, how, take, and you, you can't take define those, because you a proper fan. You cannot just say these parochial 60,000 fans that go to the ground represent Arsenal as a family. No, but I'm asking you, what my, my question <clears throat> is, given that those are the people that attend, yeah. is there any chance of the stadium turning? Sorry yes. to interrupt there. No! Yeah. No <laughs> chance. I mean, I sit North Bank Upper and... I don't know if you remember that, that, the Farce show in the late 90s, and John Thompson did a character as an Arsenal fan, because they were all Spurs yeah. fans. Yeah, remember? And he said, oh, come on, you Gunners. Oh, you're, you're Tottenham. Girl, we don't <laughs> like you. Where I sit, North Bank Upper, I'm surrounded by that. You know, um, a guy behind me, nice chap, spends every game talking about Safari. <laughs> the guys two, fr two rows in front of me, uh, I'm row three, they're row one, they're the guys in front of the Keep the Faith banner. Yeah. Um, wearing their, their Keep the Faith red and white t-shirts every game. In front of them, but the two Japanese tourists the, the, taking the, selfies. They're, they're in the front row. But <laughs> I, say, I remember a few times I've had to sell tickets because I can't make it for work reasons. And they go within 20 minutes to a Japanese tourist. I think my dad's tried to kill me to make sure that the 17-year-old... Yeah. With um, you know, um, you know, gorgeous tits, great big Adam's apple, massive. Anyway, um, uh, is there every single game? Yeah, hello, Dad. How are you? He doesn't listen. That's my brother's doing it. But um, uh, no, these these keep the faith guys. I mean, they're they're from Hove or St Albans. I know that because they yeah. try and sing the Arsenal songs in a cool, blimey, bleeding. I go to Arsenal for entertainment. That, that, they, that, no, no, that's the thing. They've got season tickets, you know, because Mama and Papa can afford to waste fifteen hundred pounds on totes entertainment and shit. But, you know, they're doing the Dick Van Dyke. Cockney accent, you know, one awesome vanguard called Bleeding Buggery. Yeah. Um, it's, it's laughable. John Thompson's watching that. And I agree 1000% what David says, and I'll back what I said about the people in the stadium. If you go to the Costa Blanca Gunas Supporters Club in, in Javier in Spain, where about 50 of them watch every single match on TV, absolute Arsenal fanatics to a man, expats, every single one of them wants Wenger out. And I'm sure it's the same in Greece and everywhere else where Arsenal fans get to watch TV. Real fans want Wenger out. A hundred percent of them. Yeah, there was a brilliant line from John Thompson going back to the start of the fast show and he said, um, oh, I love Dennis Bergkamp, but who will he play when Arsenal play Holland? <laughs> 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 but, um, you know, let's go back to your original point, question, Kevin. Um, 
even if it is mutinous, so what? In, this is from the club's point of yeah, view, yeah, because yeah. Well, if I mean, people are buying tickets and there's a waiting list, yep. they're not going to care if people walk out. There was that West Brom game last year and there was supposed to be a walkout and, and all the rest of it. And the, this, this is what I think the club thinks. They're thinking, so what? If people are buying the tickets and we're finishing fourth place, people can people can turn their back on the club and they, they, you know, they'll still... So long as the money's coming in, that's they all that matters. They look at the EBITDA every year, that's all that matters. I mean, yeah. I mean this is another thing. We finished second last year. One place below Leicester. Our prize money was £500,000 difference. I think theirs was 30, we got 29.5 or 40, 39.5. Anyway, the difference was half a million pounds. But because we had so many cup games and we had rearranged matches like West Brom on a Thursday night, um, we made get, more money. You get £10 million pounds as a television fee for yeah. that. So in terms of the league last year, we made more money it was Leicester. We were topped by a fucking mile. Oh, yeah. More than City, more than United, yeah. more than Liverpool. Absolutely. I'm the 70% owner looking at this, thinking we're selling our 60,000 tickets. We qualified for this competition. We, that's the thing. After the TV rights sale um, 18 months ago, um, it's not going to make that much money anymore. So the Champions League is kind of dispensable. Um, wow, yeah. And ultimately, this guy, it, you know, the players he recruits, only spends uh, spends money we can afford to. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. I've got these customers. We've sold our TV rights. If I'm Cronky, you know, the man who sold his American football team from St. Louis mm. to Los Angeles yeah, um, for money, then uh, ain't going. Whether you like it or not, he ain't going. Yeah. But I mean, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think the question would be if we finish fifth. What would Cronky do then? Because obviously, you lose the money from the Champions League. Mm. But like you say, I mean, to be fair, the club is well run. And there are a lot of revenue streams coming in, even though I hate that phrase. The money is going to come in. If we, if we lose the money from the Champions League, it, and, and there, there are mutinous sort yeah. of you know noises coming out the ground and coming out of fans left, right, and centre, that is when we'll see what Cronky really thinks. But at the moment, we finish fourth every year, which is what a lot of people say. Black scarf and all the rest of them, yeah. you know, it, it's it's just perpetuating a cycle of you know failure for want of a better phrase although you know I grew, all of us grew up in the 80s watching Arsenal no one's got a divine right to win anything we used to get 40 or 50,000 people used to you know there'd be gaps in the North Bank we'd been watching terrible football that's what I've grown up with so I'm, I don't think we've got a, any divine right to win any trophies but like you say the, 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 the thing that makes people so angry now is the fact we were sold something when we moved from Highbury yeah. I, we all loved Highbury. Highbury was our home. Yeah. We had so many happy years there, so many great teams we saw. And even terrible teams, it was still Highbury, it was still our home. And for, we were told if we move from Highbury, we're going to kick on to the next level. And we've regressed, basically, in terms of the league. So that's why I think a lot of people are angry. And humiliation is like Chelsea on Saturday. Because it was a humiliation. We used to go to Chelsea, we used to beat them every year. Carlo hat trick, the. Even the two all when Winterburn scored in the last FA minute. Cup, about FA four Cup, years yeah, in absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Winterburn scored a cracking goal in the last minute for another three-two. We used to beat them every year. We don't, we're not even looking like beating them. And and I thought the selling point was, um, I can't remember which Chelsea player said it. He goes, yeah, yeah, we, we could have scored a couple more if um, if we were pressured. And you just think, well, is that what they really think of us? We're yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, exactly. We've got, we've got to be better. Than exactly, exactly. And, and players like Theo Walcott, the Wenger picks every week, they sum up that character of bottlers. <coughs> if we, if, we, if Wenger wants to, to stop Arsenal being known as bottlers, perennial bottlers, he needs to stop playing bottling players like Walcott and, and Ozil, mm. and to a certain extent Cochrane. Okay, well, I mean, you know, this two-year contract, okay, the one that's <coughs> supposedly on the table. Let's just take a flight of fancy, and this is something I wrote on the website yesterday, and I like your thoughts about it. Let's just say that. The board decided whether or not Wenger was going to continue, not just Kroenke. And let's just say, for the sake of argument, with the Champions League becoming less financially significant, as long as Arsenal are in the Premier League, they can afford to take a gamble. Okay? So let's just say, for the sake of argument, there wasn't absolutely a contract. But the club wanted to ensure a dignified exit for Arsenal, given that he's plastered all over the stadium etc wouldn't the message that they put out is that there is a contract waiting to be signed and Wenger knowing that there isn't is not going to contradict that he's going to say I'll make my decision at the end of the season whereas in reality they're talking to other managers such as the guy who runs uh, Red Bull Leipzig possibly speaking to the Juventus manager they're sounding out other guys do you think that story holds any water whatsoever? Only if you accept that Gazidis 
Josh Cronkey, Stan Cronkey, Chips Keswick, and all the rest of them are as unhappy as we are at what we see week in, week out. Four defeats in the last nine games. Perpetual failure to win at Old Trafford, Chelsea, Spurs. Well, they can't be Man happy City, with that. You know? I mean, but there's this concept that they're happy if we finish in the top four, regardless of whether we lose those, those stadiums every single but year. But that top four has become less critical now. Well, um, I see what you're in saying. In terms is... of the balance of financial income from television, yeah. Yeah. Champions League used to make a significant difference. Yeah. Now, percentage-wise, it is far from significant. So you're prepared to believe, Kev, that the board are as unhappy with Wenger's management performance on the pitch as we are? I think there are individuals on the board who especially after last season, have come to the realisation that we are not going to win the title again with the current manager. Do they want to win the title? I don't think there is a title anymore. Like I said, I mean, second place, 29.5 million. Um, first place, 30 million. What's the difference? Three players' wages mm. for one week. I, I don't think mm. trophies mean anything anymore. I mean, how big an insignificance was it for the club? We had to book an open bus tour after we won the FA Cup a year ago. You know, and all that did was feed Wilshire beer. It's a waste of time and money. You know, it's, I, I don't think trophies mean anything to, to football clubs anymore. It, wow. would, it would do if we had a chairman who craved success. But we haven't got a, cra- a chairman who craves success. Which chairman craves success in English football? Abramovich. Right. The guys at Man City. Right. The guys at PSG. The guys no, at in English Munich, football. In English In English football. Well, certainly Abramovich and the Etihad mob at mm. City. Okay. Um, Liverpool owners kind of do, but from a money ball point of view. I mean, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, I know how they work. Probably um, the United board, now, judging by the amount of money they The new Everton owner, Farhad Mashiri. Mm. Formerly yeah. of Arsenal. Do you think the top six is about to become the top seven because of oh, Everton's money? Absolutely. Yeah. So there'll be seven teams going for four Champions League spots. Because of whose money, sorry? Uh, Everton's money. Everton's money, yeah. 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 Long term, the far side of whatever's in this. But they haven't put any money in yeah. it, though, have they? He talks a good game, he hasn't put a penny in it, has he? Well, he's, I mean, he's put a lot of money in loans, but he's well, they're, they're focusing on the ground in France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Which is, yeah, we, 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 we were just talking about we, we know good, about focusing on ground. Good point, though, Ken, because 10 years ago, when we lost one the title, our rivals at Man United, <laughs> it was a touch and go whether we beat them. Abramovich then came into Chelsea, we had another rival, touch and go whether we could beat them, and over the last 13 years, by and large, we haven't beaten them. Then the, 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 the Etihad guys come into City, mm. 2008. Oh, touch and go, we can beat them. Oh, started losing to them now. And then um, Spurs suddenly had a huge, great big revamp. A lot of money invested in them. Oh, they're a rival now as well. Liverpool, always been a rival, but lots of money, Premier League money. Oh, can't beat them now. And now Everton are on the scene as well. A team we perennially beat home and away. Everton, we're not sure about them now. They've got money well. I mean, how many more of these big teams are going to join the party that we can't beat? Yeah, well, I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. But there was also, for me, the game changer was Leicester winning the league last yeah. year. Yeah. We've had it for 10 years. You can't win the league without spending lots of money. And we just blew it last year. Mm. That should have been our season. OK, I'm going to bring in a tweet, another tweet, because I'm going to try and read out everybody who's contributed. Um, the, I mean, we should stay on this theme of support discontent. Uh, Mark Holmes tweets, How else are fans able to demonstrate their discontent and opinion? No forum or channel to the club exists. Now, he's basically referring to the guy who held the banner up that was uh, called an idiot by Gary Neville. Um, how are supporters supposed to make their voices heard if they can't do this kind of thing? Yeah, I'd be more worried about the bloke and a half and a half scarf taking a photo of him at the time. But <laughs> I, I think there are channels. But at the same time, I mean, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to make representations to the board, or do you want to act as ten thousand people behind the goal, like Liverpool fans did a couple of years ago, and walked out on mass? I mean, who, who do you want to talk to? What are you going to say? Mm. Well, what's going to happen after you talk to them? It, it's about acting as a group. It's about acting collectively. Mm. And at the moment, I think it's just too splendid with Arsenal. Whether it's the fact London's such a big place and people are all over the place, people obviously live in counties around London as well, rather than something like a Newcastle or Liverpool where there's a far bigger sense of community and everyone can act as one, I don't know, but what can we do? You know, pe- People have turned their backs on games, they've talked about boycotts, 
marches before games, you know, the only thing that matters is the bottom line, basically. Yeah. And people will never give up the season tickets. Or people who do give up the season tickets, old school fans who give up the season tickets, will be replaced by shiny plastic new fans, is, yeah, which is what yeah. allegedly the club wants. Is there such a thing as negative PR, or is all PR good? What do you mean by negative PR? Well, by negative PR, I'm talking about things like the guy holding up the banner and stuff. It's out there already, and it doesn't make a difference, I don't think. You don't think it makes a difference? I agree with with, um, with later with regards to um, you know club by club. I mean Liverpool. I think it was last season or the season before when the club announced the season ticket prices were going up to pay for the new main stand, and the fans on mass, the cop in front of the TV yeah. cameras worldwide, yeah. all walked out after yeah. what, 79, yeah. 80 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. fair yeah. fucking play to them. Yeah. Additionally, made... look at the result of the game. Didn't they look draw? at the scoreline when they walked out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was in Sunderland, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah they were turning yeah. up or something and came back to the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but fair play yeah. to the Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 In answer to your point about um, negative PR, Kev, we lost to Chelsea on Saturday, four days ago, five days ago. <clears throat> in every newspaper, every website, every blog, all over the, the media world, yeah. Arsenal have dominated. Yes. Chelsea have 12 points clear. They're going to win the title. No one gives a fuck. Everyone gives a fuck about Arsenal. So we won. Yeah. And then sometimes, I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, we're going to lose this game, but I'm, I'm really going to enjoy the next five games because there's going to be a media frenzy about Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, we are such a huge club. And, you know, when we lose, the whole world knows about well, it. Well, here's one then from Simon Rose. Yeah, oh, good old Simon. Could Wenger survive losing at Sutton? No. Mm. Oh, no, we, we did that at Bradford a couple of years ago. Yeah, same exactly. difference. Yeah. Same it, difference. It makes no difference, basically. Okay. The, 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 the clamour will be there, but it will be louder, but it makes no difference. We had a purple and black shirt on that season. <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? Yeah, that was awful, wasn't it? Dennis the Menace turned that down. <laughs> yeah. I won't tell you that I bought it. There he is. What's up on the back, Javino? <laughs> Quickly, I'm not sure if we've sort of answered this already, but I'll try and get everyone's name in. Ivor Cannon tweets, any views on why media attention on us is so fierce and unrelenting? I, I think it's a backhanded compliment. I, I think we're such a, 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 a well-respected club or in, in general. Obviously, people hate us, people don't like us, whatever. But, but we've had that from the 30s where we were sort of, you know, the, the club. We've, we've always had the history, we've always had the class, we've always had the, you like to think, respect from other clubs. We've always tried to do the right thing. I think we're held to higher higher standards. It doesn't make it right when, like you say, after a Chelsea defeat, when, mm. you know, the focus is on us rather than anything else. Although, admittedly, you, you could say it was absolutely right after last weekend. But I, I take it as back having a compliment sometimes. If it's rational comment and if it's constructive criticism. Oh, I, I think it's just a, it's an audience selling thing well, in yeah. the sense that if you pin, print negative comments about this club, will it affect your audience? And when it comes to Arsenal, no, because the people who care about Arsenal, uh, who actually pay money to go and see the games, a they don't read our paper, b not in this country or whatever. But that doesn't matter. As Liverpool, uh, sorry, as the Sun found out with Liverpool, if you print negative comments about a certain club that have a family feeling about them then you've lost it straight away. Yeah, but to um, be fair, the sun with Hillsborough. And, and, and when, when, the, yeah. when the inquest came round, yeah. you know, and that they had the, the chance, I mean, you could argue they apologised before, but it, it meant mm. nothing back then. They had the chance to put it on the front page, and they put it on page 16. And that, that for me, is... It's also, yeah, it's not know. football yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, no, no, the, the, but the point I'm making is, I mean, by slagging it off, uh, I mean, by printing a negative back, uh, headline on the back page about Arsenal, will that increase or decrease sales? I mean, it will. I, I mean, yeah, because everyone, you know, um, Spurs, Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea, all the other clubs in, um, in, um, uh, in, in, in this country, you know, uh, hate Arsenal. So, um, you know, if anything, it's going to increase sales from that point of view. Arsenal point of view, no, we're all middle class people. We read, the, well, we all read the Times, to be <laughs> fair, don't we? So. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, the, the reason that Arsenal are on the back page more than any other team, apart from maybe Man United, is because Arsenal sells papers. Arsenal sells media space. Arsenal sells hits on the web. Mm. Look at the Mail Online, you know, whenever Arsenal lose, they're going on about it a week later. And the comments they get, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of comments. I mean, we, we sell. And I think for some reason, we sell more than any other club. Yeah, but that's because we're a massive club. We're yeah. far bigger than yeah. but we're the biggest club in the South. But I'll yeah. be, you know, the second biggest club in England, obviously. Yeah, 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 we are. And, and 
We're far bigger than Spurs and Chelsea. Yeah, so absolutely. Listen, we've got, we've got the biggest ground in London. And when tourists come over and want to see a soccer game, yeah. they can get a ticket to the Arsenal game. Yeah. It's like if you go on holiday to New York and, oh, we're going to see a baseball game. Nobody knows who or what the New York Mets are. You see the Yankees. You know, you go to yeah. Los Angeles. Oh, they've got the Dodgers or whatever. You just know the global brand. And we are a global brand. People <laughs> who read and focus on British newspapers, British public, nothing a, for Arsenal anymore, to be There's frank. a reason Arsenal Fan TV is the, is the most watched fan yeah. TV show. It's because it's Arsenal. Do you think if it was Leicester fan TV, it'd be so popular? Of course it wouldn't. If it was Chelsea fan TV, run by those boring chaps, wouldn't be popular either. Because Arsenal have got something about them that everyone wants. It does make me cringe when I'm on the tube, on the escalator, and going down and seeing these adverts for Arsenal Stadium Tour yeah. as part of the tourist circuit. Yeah. Drew and Bellerin doing the Suzanne's smiles. It doesn't I mean, look that's right. I mean, we're all sitting here with a smile on our face. I mean, honestly, we're possibly in the worst state we've been in for 10 years. We've got good players. Well, but, OK, but, but, but here's one. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right, but that, that's <coughs> the essence of being a fan. You, 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 I remember when Man City got taken over, there was a brilliant cry by this old-school City fan. They basically said, you know, uh, the first season when they didn't win anything or whatever, and they said to him, you know, you, you, got, you didn't win a trophy. He goes, I turn up because they're my team. I don't turn yeah. up to see them win trophies. If we win trophies, that's fantastic. But we're, we're there to support our team yeah, through yeah. thick and thin. And that's the essence of being a fan. And I think a lot of people have, have maybe forgotten that or have been so wrapped up in what's going on, which is understandable to a certain extent because you do want to see your, your side win. But when I used to go in the 80s, like all of us did, you'd go there to watch your team. Certainly yeah. in the mid-80s when there was nothing going on. Davy Boyd tweets, yeah. Does the current situation remind the panel of the last days of Terry Neal? God. We haven't lost a Walsall yet in the League Cup. <laughs> well, we've got something <laughs> yeah, true, on the yeah. horizon. Absolutely. <laughs> we lost to Watford. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. We, we lost on the 31st of March, 2-0 yeah. 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 and then 3-0 uh, yeah. the drive the next day. Yeah, you know what, I haven't, I haven't forgiven last year's FA Cup exit yet. Oh, yeah, that was I mean, oh. we were the best team in the last day, oh. we threw it away. Yeah. Goodness yeah. me. Threw it away. Beating 4-0 in the league when it didn't matter. But to answer that question, Kev, I think it's near... But after that Warsaw game, the whole of Avonall Road, outside the East Stand, there must have been 5,000 fans all singing, we want Terry out, yeah. we want, we want yeah. Neil out, or Terry Neil out, or whatever. Um, I remember it clearly, it was really, really hostile. It hasn't reached that yet, yeah. but nowadays... We, we want Wenger out, the gathering outside the director's <laughs> entrance. 30 years later, people, you know, rather than go on the streets and demonstrate, they use social media yeah, to demonstrate. Yeah. So I suppose if you, if you use the analogy... There's far more people that want Wenger out than probably ever wanted Terry Neal out. Yeah. Thing is, it, 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 it's being heard. I mean, uh, think about the, the Neal day. It's got me thinking of like <coughs> 1998 when we, we won the double on the last, uh, not the last uh, season, but it was the, the Everton game. Tony yeah. Adams, would yeah. you believe it? Um, but everyone's time. outside um, at the front entrance to Highbury at that point, like Sir Ian Wright leaning out the, the window, celebrate with us. Yeah. Because sense of community, sense of interrelation. Yeah. Uh, because uh, above them, you've got the board, you know, the director's box and everything, everyone can hear you. Whereas now, the players are like three miles and 27 days of security guards and yeah. underground. So yeah. people can't hear our voice. Well, A, they don't want to, and B, there's no, no way they can. That makes you wonder, actually, if people did demonstrate outside the Emirates, who would hear them? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the media would pick up on it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the yeah. message would get through to the yeah. club. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there was one uh, question you put forward, actually, Steve. Is Arsene Wenger aware of Arsenal fan TV and the massive social media protests against his continuing as manager? Do we think Arsene looks at YouTube, looks at Twitter? I, I am in most press conferences after games, home and away, and there has been questions, certainly after Leicester early on when went 1.06 and didn't particularly play well in either of those games. Someone put a question to him about, you know, have you heard the fans even at Hull in the FA Cup last year when that, that banner came out again. He knows, I wouldn't say he knows the characters, but he's definitely aware of some sort of festering format on social media that, that is really against him. But I don't think he cares. Mm -hmm. And I think to be, to be at that level, you can't care. Mm. All you need to care about is your team. Now you could argue from a fan's point of view, you've got to care about the fans, you've got to care about winning every week. He does care about winning every week. But they're obviously not winning. But he just—he's so focused on what he does for right or wrong. I don't think he cares. And it certainly doesn't let him bother him. But I think I've, the impression I get is that what what does actually get to him is when people about four rows behind the dugout start giving him personal abuse. Yeah, I mean, for, for what? Yeah, whatever 
stay on to people on whatever platform people are on, and everyone's entitled to opinion. And we can argue about Wenger till the cows come home, and, and there's certain things that I am massively anti Wenger about, and certain things I like, but that's a different story. But when it comes to personal abuse, there's just that's the end of the conversation for me. You, you, can, you can talk to him all day about football in, in any press conference. He will front up and he will genuinely, honestly answer a question. I went to, I covered England Scotland and, and Gordon Strachan gave the most petulant post-match press conference afterwards. Really, it was just embarrassing basically because he was just so stroppy, so rude, so he wouldn't answer any questions. He was like the really annoying bloke down the pub basically who wants to pick a fight with everyone. Finger will always front up and answer a question honestly. But I don't think he cares about anything apart from his team and, and Arsenal Football Club. You must also remember, in terms of fronting up, for want of a better phrase, yeah. he curtailed the um, annual end-of-season shareholders question-and-answer events. Because he's all-powerful, basically, yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's not... He, he'll do his obligations yeah. in terms of the well, media, yes, but he yes won't... No. If you're talking purely in terms of a post-match game when... Someone's going to ask him something. He will answer it as honestly as he can. Yes. He won't do a Sonoma the dice or Gordon Strachan and either be rude back or, or. But just he, he, he will choose down. to completely avoid. Uh, he is quite disingenuous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you answer, when he, when he won't answer a question yeah. when you're trying to lead him. But at the same time, most managers are. But do you I think he's lost the dressing room? Though? Do you think he's lost? Oh, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But at the same time. There, there's a weakness there. There's a psychological weakness there mm. that can only come. What's happened from with above, this basically. All Blacks psychologist who came yeah. in and supposedly worked with the team? Well, he's he probably <laughs> helping um, eighty thousand pounds a week for Forsyth to put the fucking cones out rather than do what he's actually got the point to do. Because <laughs> it's all gone very quiet there, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Do you think we have more chance of keeping Sanchez and Ozil? If Wenger wasn't here next There is more chance of Lord Lucan riding into the ground on Shergar than there is of Sanchez and Ozil staying here the next season. Ozil, maybe. <coughs> Regardless of who the manager is. No, the, no I, well, what, about, maybe. what about, let's fantasy scenario, what about Simeone comes in? Is Sanchez staying? He's already preparing for Inter Milan next season. He okay, doesn't speak a word of English, he's learning his I think, the, I think the only one who might persuade him is the Chile manager, who's now at Sevilla. Yeah. And unlikely to move after one season. Yeah. Yeah. My, my thing is, well, it's money. You know, obviously, they're, they're running down their contract. When it gets to a year, you know, they can get a massive signing on for it and the rest of it. But people were talking about you know, Sanchez leaving in January. That was never going to happen in a million no, years. No. It's just clickbait. It doesn't mean anything. Because no. who can afford him with 18 months left on his contract? And giving yeah. him 300 grand a week on top of 30, 40, 50 million. It's, yeah. it's not going to happen. One of the pieces of criticism I will never, ever understand is why people still hate Robin Van Persie and boo him. Because he, he came out, oh. he issued a statement saying, um, I had a meeting with the manager and Ivan Gazidis, and I said, I'm not being funny, the team needs this, that and the other. They disagreed, and I, I, I can't be in that form. I, I, I don't blame him at all. No, I've, I don't blame I've, him. I've he wanted to win a trophy before he got too old to win one. I've got to say, with purely did. with my fans hat on, you know, there's a right way of leaving the Arsenal and there's a wrong way. Paul Merson cried in his car, Rocky cried in his car when they were told they were no longer wanted. Yeah. Van Persie tried to you know, basically play Arsenal for mugs. He slagged us off in the media and, and he buggered off, basically. And that, that, for me, is not the right way to leave the Arsenal. It was OK for Henri to fuck off and double his money because he's Henri and he's a legend. But anyway, there's no different standards for different players. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Yeah, so I, you don't think there's any way of Sanchez staying regardless of who the manager is? Uh, Sanchez, no. Ozil, maybe. For, that's me. That's personally. So we don't really want Ozil to say that, do we, after his performances? <laughs> Again, it goes back to psychological weakness. Why yeah, yeah. can he score such a fantastic goal in, in the Bulgarian capital, leave, leave players for yeah. dead, and, and, and do it in games where you could argue it doesn't mean that much, mm. but in every big game he goes missing. What, yeah. He's, he's yeah. got the talent, he's, got, he, 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 he tried to work hard, he tracks back, yeah. he, he tries to track back. What, what's missing? What's missing in his psyche? He's, he's got a World Cup winner's medal Absolutely. as well. He's played for Real Madrid. Would, what is missing? He wouldn't have a World Cup winner's medal if he went missing in World Cup yeah, semi-finals. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And World Cup yeah. semi-finals. Yeah. So what so is it? Yeah. So why... why well, is it, it, isn't it surely Arsenal? the players surrounding him and what they're doing? Well, I suppose there is that. If you had to play with Coquelin and Walcott every week, you wouldn't be... Because even, even in the German national team, in terms of your defensive organisation as early as your luxury player. Yeah. But he's got other guys around him yeah. who are doing a better job than presumably his Arsenal colleagues are. Mm. I mean, can you imagine him at Bayern Munich if he's playing through balls for um, Robin, Lewandowski and Muller? They'd score 700 goals a year. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now he's got to play it through for Giroud, bless him. Um, Theo. Yeah, Theo, <laughs> bless him. 
And, and I mean, well, even Sanchez, they're, they're a level above Arsenal. To be fair, both are on the verge of 100 goals for Arsenal, but I suppose that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. How long does it take us to get there? This question won't be on the agenda, Kev, but I'm going to have to ask it anyway. Go on. This is Theo Walcott, well, January, Theo Walcott have been at Arsenal for 11 years. How many years too long is that? Ten? I would say three, because when he got that bad injury in the cup against Spurs, on his ligament, that lost his pace, that's his game gone. I, I, I don't know if he's lost that much pace, but that you're right. That season and the preceding season as well, he was absolutely on fire. That was, mm. that was arguably mm. his best period for us. So I know yeah. he started when the he season quite well. Yeah, 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 and collected yeah. all those pennies from Spurs yeah, fans. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I just he he hasn't delivered, has he? And he's 27. No. We're still talking about yeah. his potential. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's the Danny indictment. That, that's all we can say, really. But, but I've got this horrible, horrible vision that if Wenger stays, Walcott will stay. I mean, and to me, I don't want either of them to stay. Mm. Okay, I'm going to uh, let's just look at uh, the idea of a Leicester scenario now, because we've got a tweet from Steve Pye, who's one of our regular contributors to some fantastic nostalgia pieces, um, normally about the 1980s, and he says, if someone offered Arsenal winning the league but getting relegated the year after, would you take it? God no, God no. We. Well, as a kid, you know, you learn the stats about Arsenal and you read everything you can years before the internet even existed. And one of the things I was most proudest of was never being relegated from 1919. No, I wouldn't say that. We're Arsenal. Well, yeah, we, we can win the league. We can win the league this season after. We'd like to think so. Yeah. No, relegation's not, not in Arsenal's face capital. It never no. should be. I mean, so, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not an away game at Rotherham, so, you know, <laughs> I'd like to know it's out in Well, yeah, I've got, yeah, yeah, I've got like, an old school Man United fan and he, he basically... <laughs> New people who went to Man United in 73, 74 yeah, away they, games and they took over all these sort of second division towns as it were. Same as when Man City were third division. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be yeah, good away yeah. days, but no. No, no way, can. Okay, no, no way. It's I can only ask days. the question. No, um, nonsense. And to be fair, talking about Leicester, I really hope they don't get relegated in terms of their story because someone said it before. You know, the fact they won the league was one of the most incredible sports stories ever, and it would be a really sour ending if they didn't get relegated this year. It would be just as incredible as winning the league, wouldn't it? What was it? Would be, <laughs> well, would well, be yeah, even yeah. If they went down, they would be the, the, the miracle team twice. Imagine if they won the Champions League. <laughs> That's just one way looking at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they won yeah. the Champions League and yes. got relegated. Yeah, I was <laughs> that, yeah, what I was a double. Imagine that. <laughs> well, would you imagine if we I beat, think a Leicester City fan would take that. Let's imagine. Could Wenger survive this? We beat Bayern Munich, get yeah. into the quarter-final, draw Leicester. Oh, oh! <laughs> I, love it. Again, I love it. I love it. Would Wenger survive that? That'd be worse than Sutton. Never mind Sutton. Would Wenger survive that? Great point. If I was Ranieri, manager of Leicester, away to Arsenal in the second leg of the Champions League quarter-final, I'd sign Wayne Bridge in a fucking heartbeat. He's still in the jungle, isn't he? He's got history. The biggest indictment of Arsenal is. If we got relegation fodder Leicester in the Champions League quarter-final, wow. <laughs> it would be touch and go whether we beat them. Hmm. Oh, God. And people say we don't need a new manager. Well, on that level, uh, a second one from Simon Rose on the subject of keepers, because obviously we play Ostina mm. in the Champions League. And his question is quite simply this, because uh, Pesha Cech didn't have the best of games last weekend. Cech, Ospina or Martinez, is Chesney genuinely any better? Who should we target? I would say all four of them are not long-term keepers for us. Agreed. Agreed. Um, played, he had a great career at Chelsea. I was really actually quite pleased when we signed him. But it's almost the Pat Jennings effect, where he had a great career at Spurs, came to Arsenal, obviously really well-respected, and for Pat Jennings' case, absolutely loved. I think Czech's not good enough anymore, I don't think, if you want to win the league. Mm. You know, obviously he makes mistakes, and, you know, ill keepers make mistakes, but... You look at him with low shots from outside the yeah. box. There was and high ones, ones come to that. Well, yeah, yeah. Never seen yeah. that. No <laughs> I mean, every time there's a high, there's every, I mean, every time a high shot goes up there to his right, he's in, isn't it? Well, in. yeah, yeah. Just, I suppose that. And he can't get down low to his right either. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, is it yeah. age? Is it? Just a, a, a dozen yeah. of reflexes yeah. as you go yeah. on. I don't know. But I don't want Chesley back though. No, no, none of them are good. Well, this no, is far as I'm concerned. Why would I have simply because he's a shot stopper. And also, I would uh, I would lay some of the blame at Wenger here because when we signed Czech, he was reliant on his coach Lolly Chom at Chelsea, and he begged Wenger to let him bring Lolly Chom with him. 
Then you said, no, I've got a goalkeeping oh, coach. Jerry Payton. Who, who would be hard-pushed to get a job at fucking Wickham. <laughs> um, so, so, so he's being coached by Jerry Payton. He's not fit to lace his boots. Mm. Jerry Payton has coached all these failed Arsenal keepers. Mm. And they all get worse under his, his coaching. So I'm, I think that's another Wenger failure, the keepers. Because if he had a decent key goalkeeper coach, all of these keepers that in essence aren't that bad might be better. Yeah, It's always been a blind spot, isn't it? Keepers yeah, yeah. Yeah, for no, it's, it's coaching team, it's Yesman. I mean, because Jerry Payton was poached from Nagoya Grand Passé. Bora Primorac um, is friend at um, Valenciennes. Um, where we poach him from? Nagoya Grand Passé. Oh, um, was Jerry Payton at Nagoya? Yeah, he was a Where did we poach world class coach Neil Banfield from? Um, I think his head came out of Wenger's arse after three <laughs> years doing the youth team. Was I think yeah, his father is the chief scout. Well, no, he's not the chief scout. Steve Rowley's the chief scout. He's one of the senior scouts, so it might be nepotism. I mean, looking at that, looking at that bench without Wenger, Bold, Banfield, and who's the, who's the guy with the shorts on? Old Takada. Oh, Vic Akers. Vic Akers. I mean, my godfathers. We're a world-class team. I remember fifth richest team in Europe, expecting to win the Champions League. We've got Banfield, Acres, and Bold on the bench. I, I quite like the idea of the Acres. He's an absolute legend, and they're just shorts. Is sort of but you can know. He, we're, can you put two words together though? Well, the other thing know. was, uh, listening to the Chelsea commentary, the you know the uh, the old walkie-talkie contact yeah, on the bench. Yeah. Whoever the commentator was, Ban- that was going to Banfield, and he described Banfield as the kit man. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, Banfield's supposed to be first team coach. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how much of a reputation he's forged himself. Maybe we lost to Watford and Leicester, like Watford and Chelsea, because Banfield's been given the instructions. And he can't put two words together either. Ah, uh, would it make any difference? The, the, looking at the bench. I'll tell you what, put Banfield and Akers on a podcast to see how you get on. <laughs> Okay, we'll invite them. <laughs> if you want 50 minutes of yes, Arson, as the only quote you get, that'd be great. The thing that got me the most about the And you, wonder why, you wonder why Chamberlain tweets like Wenger out. Ruffle. Uh, well, it was in his pocket. It was like um, yeah. Jodie Escott tweeting that picture of a car. Yeah. It cost like 500 grand. But yeah. The thing that got me about the bench um, in the Wenger band games, I mean, Steve Bowles, he's, he's got a background, he's got a history. Yeah. You know, in the sense that if I was a centre forward well bowled in the ribs, I'd, I'd get a new identity, I'd live somewhere <laughs> near Walsall. Um, you know, the, the whole Alex Song story when he kept turning up late for training and, and yeah. called Bold past it, and, and Bold, I think, he threw him to Barcelona. Um, but the fact this, 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 this rock hard man who knows, knows uh, how to play an offside trap better than anyone apart from his co centre back um, uh, partner, Tony Adams. Yeah just sits on his ass doing nothing. Because yeah. this is a guy who's paying 25, 27 grand a year for his daughter to go to Roding, and if he stands up to Wenger, that's when he goes and Dragan Stoiskovic comes in from, guess who he's manager at the moment, Nagoya Grand Passé, comes in as assistant manager. Wenger, uh, Bold's job is to go, yeah, you're right, Arsene, I'll call him down. Oxlade, <laughs> 67 minutes, you're coming on for on the other right-wingers. Do you know what? The, the, the laughable thing is, is that everything we've said in the last 50 minutes is, is like a negative CV for Arsene Wenger, and yet still he's going to stay on. Wow. Well, what, well, what, I, what I can't understand about number twos is, if you look at Alex Ferguson, what do you think of him? Mm. He was you know, absolutely successful. He would bring in a new number two every four, five, six years. They would have new ideas. They'd have the latest yeah. sports science ideas, yeah. the latest ideas generally and he would mix it up and he would let him give them their heads yeah yeah and, and Wenger doesn't seem to do that he, he I wouldn't say yes man because you know obviously Pat Rice he's is not, actually he's, he's actual number two he's awesome. yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah doing absolutely yeah. nothing yeah, yeah. And did you read one of those journalists said the other day said oh of course if you get rid of Arsene Wenger he is he's the coach he's the yeah. co-man he's the he's the physio he's the reserve team coach he's everything if you get rid of him not only have you got to employ a new manager you've got to employ six other people to work with him and that's going to be expensive. <laughs> I've never read such bollocks in all my life. <laughs> no, no, Sam Allardyce, he, he, he comes with 15 people. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing, when he was sacked at West Ham um, year before last, um, the termination for him was like £800,000, but it cost the club something like five and a half million. Because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, he brings everyone with him. Yeah. 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 All right, well, I mean, I've got, a, got two more uh, contributions, and I do like to try and get everybody in. So a quick one from Cyril J. Norris, uh, who emailed... Given that Arsene Wenger has never won a European trophy in 33 years of management, where does this place him in the pantheon of great managers, given the gravitas he is afforded around the world? 
why has Arson got this really this reputation as something special? I mean, he looks it, like Mr. Bean. He what's it me. based on? That's a really good question, actually. I, I think because he does have, he yeah, does yeah, have that respect. Yeah, There's yeah, no question yeah. about it. I, I think it's it, it's more to do with the fact he's always kept his principles in terms of trying to play football. And, and from an Arsenal point of view, an Arsenal fan's point of view, I don't necessarily think that's a particularly absolutely virtuous thing to do. Because we grew up under George Graham and we, we used to win one's game, games 1-0 and we used to revel in that. And it's great. And we used to almost laugh at Spurs going, oh yeah, we'll lose 4-3 mm. but it's great football and this, that and the other. And it, it, it has been absolutely amazing football over the years. Even now, you, you guarantee goals where... I remember one month years ago under George Graham, we had four nil nils in a row, and you're just like, "What's going on? This is normal." And it, the fact he sticks to his principles in terms of trying to play football—that that—that is the narrow definition of why I think people respect him. If, if you're talking about all the side issues in terms of lack of success and, and, and psychological weaknesses and mm. all the rest of it, no. But mm. but just the fact that he's always tried to stick to his principles and try and play football for right or wrong. And there's a reason we're on TV every week as well, isn't what they says. The, the reason we're on TV is there's, there's barely it's an Arsenal definitely way there's a live on Sky. Well, yeah. It's because people want to watch Arsenal. Yeah. Yes. For some, uh, people are, I mean, it, it's incredible. I mean, Wenger is revered by non-Arsenal fans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, because they say we've never had it so good. Right, final contribution. Uh, a bit of a, a sidetrack, really, but I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put it forward anyway. Uh, it's from, um, the Twitter feed is, It's My Arsenal Opinion. And it's at Arsenal DV Brist G. And I've never quite known what that's short for. But anyway, I'm familiar with this this, uh, (laughs) tweeter. He asks, do the panel feel Lucas Peris is badly underused by Wenger as Joel Campbell seemed to be last season? Do we think Peris is going to turn into another Campbell? I I quite like Peris. He's got a hammer of a left foot as well. I, I, I do think there was there was a whisper that he was actually injured before Chelsea, so it wasn't some sort of dark I strategy. Was yeah, yeah. I because if he wasn't, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. to ask so was, questions. Was he on the bench? No, I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Sure he wasn't. No, no. So I, I think that he had some sort of niggle that prevented him playing against Chelsea, and that was the reason he didn't play, basically. But I really like him. I, I, I think he's a real, real decent player. I know he's 28, but he, you know, he, he, he's got a hammer of a left foot, as I say. And he's Joel a Camp- too, isn't he? And he worked, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I covered the Forest game. Yeah. Tracks back, yeah, yeah, he worked so hard. And, and Wenger was really, really pleased with him after the game in the post-match presser when he was just going, you know, he, he needs goals to sort of give him confidence. But he took them really well, and he does. And I love mm. players who are left-footed anyway. Mm. It's you know, always, always great when you panic by, it turns out to be better than what <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. do you honestly think that our scouting team saw him to play until it came out he was about to sign for Everton? And we have the money we didn't spend on Vardy for another centre forward because the customers, sorry, supporters <laughs> are all suggesting worldwide need need new forward. How's Welbeck's uh, ligament? Uh, shit, we do need to buy one. How much is he? Less than twenty. That's going right now. It'll do. Yeah. Well, in terms of the strategy, yeah. Obviously, yeah, I, I don't think there was a coherent strategy in terms of signing him and the build-up to it as well. But the fact we've got him, I, I think he's, he could potentially be a really, really good player. Oh, oh, but, but in yeah, terms yeah. of in, in terms of Joel Campbell. I didn't particularly rate him. I, I thought he did all right for Costa Rica in the World Cup and this, that and the other. And, you know, again, he's a left-footed player. He, 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 you could argue he was mucked around a little bit by Wenger, but it's just one of those players for me, like Sonogo. He just never did anything for me. You look at him and you think, Sonogo was a free transfer, and you could see that, just like you see Shamak was a free transfer. And with Joel Campbell, you think, well, you've had, you've had 20, 30 games. There's nothing there that you've really shown me. He works hard and he's got a good left foot, and I think he should be part of the squad. Certainly, mm. if he comes back mm. from Sporting Lisbon, mm. learning you know, a bit more and having a bit more experience and all round, sort of making him an all round player, then yeah, let's give him another year. But I, I, I can't see him suddenly leaping up and being. Do, do we know how he's doing over there? I don't know, actually. It's a good question. No, okay. I don't think he's scoring too many goals. No. Okay. The, I mean, the, I'm, the, I'm, the, the Perez would have been a brilliant player for Everton. Yeah. He's Kuman's ideal player, works hard, got a shot on him, battles like mad. Got a good left foot, scores goals, loads of assists. He's the kind of player that Wenger just does not appreciate. Oh, I think that's it. that's exactly it. I mean, yeah. I, I, went, I remember I went to see um, uh, our youth team <coughs> pre-season game at Leighton Orient, and uh, it's a name you might recognise, but I almost certainly never saw him play. Wellington Silver oh, was nice. playing on the left wing. <laughs> I'll tell you what, 
He was different great <laughs> He was a million times better than everyone else on that pitch. Scored three goals. Made, it was a six-all draw, I think, or a five-all <laughs> draw. He, he made absolutely everything. And you thought, fucking hell, th- th- this guy's unbelievable. But, you know, Wenger's Wenger, side didn't like him. Didn't even give him a, 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 a two-minute chance in a cup game. And yeah. Having said that, it's not as though we let him go and Barcelona came in. I think he's back with one of the third division Brazilian clubs. This Probably is, playing next to Danielson. <laughs> this is another thing with Wenger. Look at those two guys at City, Sane and... Um, Jesus. Yeah. Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel Jesus, that's it, or Jesus or whatever. Mm. Both 21. Mm. If they were 21 Arsenal, they'd be waiting three years before they got a first team spot. Well, we don't know. But anyway, on that note, um, I'm going to uh, call a halt to proceedings. Just a time for a quick plug for the current issue of the Guna, which includes a three 2017 calendar on the theme of 12 Arsenal legends from the Arsene Wenger era. Um, it's £3 from sellers on your way to the stadium, or you can be bought on the Guna website. We'll post it to you. There will be a new issue out for the Bayern Munich home game in early March. As usual, a reminder that you can, co- can contact us regarding anything to do with the podcast via Twitter at Guna Podcast and email gunapodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for the questions and topics submitted for today. I think I got everybody in. With that, it is goodbye from Leif. Goodbye. Steve. Goodbye. And David. And goodbye. We'll be back with another edition in March. This is your host, Kevin Witcher. Goodbye and thanks for listening. la di da di da la di da di All good friends and jolly good company. Hey!